This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So I am super excited that today we are joined by Anna Vakili, um, reality television personality and social media influencer who is recognised for having uh, been a contestant on Love Island in 2019. Um, but also Anna holds a master's degree and is a fully qualified pharmacist. So welcome Anna. Thank you guys. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> We're really excited to have you. Um yeah, really excited. Yeah, definitely. I mean, today's podcast, we're going to be exploring the treatment of women in the working world and online. Um, so I'm sure you've got lots to talk about with that. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to talk about that, especially with what's going on in Iran right now. It's all about women's rights. So this topic is very like close to my heart right now. Because you're, you're actually a, a female scientist. Um, so <laughs> what we wanted to explore really was, you know, what was it like becoming a female scientist? What was that experience? And in it, obviously, it's a male dominated field. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I can, if I take it back to actually being in university studying pharmacy, I'm going to relate this to actually being a female studying. I remember because basically all my life, even before um, Love Island, I've always been, when I say like a female that's very much like glamorous, um, I kind of like wear what I want to wear, I wear loads of makeup and I love that being like that. And I was like that during university as well. So this is why I really like to talk about this as well, because in university, I remember the male students <laughs> being like, oh, are you paying off the lecturer to pass your exams? And like oh. kind of being, yeah, I remember literally clearly um, they would say that. And I'd be like, what the hell? Just because I'm a woman or just because I dress up and, you know, all these things does not mean that I can't pass with good grades. Um, but it made me even more determined, you know, I mean, to just push through and study hard. And, yeah. So so going back to school then, maybe, were, you, you must have excelled at science. Was that, were you taught by female teachers in science uh, or did you have male te- You know, were there any role models as you were growing up to think, yeah, do you know what, I can do that? Do you know what? My biggest role model wasn't my teachers. It was just my mum. And I mean, she's a female. Um, she what's she just everything she just it was always her dream to do science and because of the whole revolution in Iran and her having to move here she didn't really have the chance to do it and I always enjoyed it anyway so it just made me want to do it even more for her for me for for both of us um I had a mixture of teachers female and male um science teachers but yeah definitely my role model would have been my mom (laughs) and did you get so take so I'm going to be take it back to, to my daughter who studied science and yeah. um, she was often felt um, made to feel as though she shouldn't put her hand up because all oh, that girl's putting the hand up again even though she did contribute it's you know mm-hmm. is, is that a re- an experience that you recognize as well that you, during, during the class it was very male dominated in that class because there weren't many girls who were choosing science um, to be honest for me in school science 
I went to a girls' school, so uh -huh. I never experienced that side of it. But um, I'd say during university, I, that's when I started to feel it a lot. Even in like when I was studying my degree, I think that's when I started to feel it more because it was, it, yeah, it was definitely male dominated. Pharmacy was 100% male dominated. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when I went to school, it was a girls' school. So, <laughs> <laughs> and how was that? Like, I mean, obviously you don't know any different, but you know, what kind of experience was that? Being in a girls' school, yeah. I, I, do you know what? I do wish that I did went to a mixed school because I think it prepares you more mm. for what the world is actually like. Because it is a male-dominated <laughs> world. They do, they do dot, like try and control. And I think once you experience it at a younger age, it gets you ready for it even sooner. And how to handle that, them situations. So yeah, I do wish that I did go to a mixed school. Um, but, you know, having Middle Eastern parents, it was like, for them, it was like, they definitely wanted me to go to a girls' school. <laughs> so going back then, so, um, you know, you you qualified as a pharmacist. So, you know, you're, 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 you talked about it being, you know, your mum wanted to go into science and then you've obviously done it. How, what was that experience of graduation like? Your mum must have been, like, ecstatic. Oh, she was really happy. And I remember on my, during my graduation, when I walked up on stage, I went in my biggest heels and they were <laughs> glittery and sparkly. And I just wanted to make a statement, you know, like even on graduation. Um, that's like literally been always my thing that even after Love Island, like I always want to try and push the whole like, you can be glamorous and a woman and you can be smart and sexy at the same time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she was she was over the moon. Um, when I passed and graduated, <laughs> so was I actually. It was the biggest achievement I think in my life. Oh, that's really, that's really, really nice. Proud of myself. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> it was a, hard. And, and, I mean, you'd know. Yeah, but, but it, do you get imposter syndrome? Do you do you think some, sometimes you know, wow, is that really me who's done that, or or have you got it inside? You think no, stuff it. You know, I'm really I mean, great. There are times when I'm just like, wow, did I, did I actually do that? <laughs> but yeah, no. <laughs> so it was hard. So let's look at um, the media in terms of being male dominated. Then, because you're you're in a you're in a female uh, you're a female in a male dominated environment with with being a pharmacist, you then move into the media, and you're absolutely right. Women are seen differently. Women, you know, can you be smart? Can you be beautiful? Can you wear sparkly shoes? Do, you know how how does the media portray that, and how were you portrayed? Before, before we even go to the media, I want to tell you something. But when I actually was a pharmacist and working as a pharmacist, the funniest thing was that <laughs> when I would be in the pharmacy and like a lot of the time when people walk into the pharmacy, they wouldn't come to me. They'd go mm. to like the sales assistant or the healthcare assistant, the dispenser. If it's a male, they'd go to him and they wouldn't come to me. That's when I really realized it as well. That was like wow. They don't. They don't even think that I'm the pharmacist. They'd straightway just assume he's the pharmacist, even though I'm standing there. And I'm like, okay. Or they'd come up to me and they'd be like, you know, um, can I speak to the pharmacist? And as soon as I say I am, they'd be like, they'd look <laughs> at me like, oh, like surprised. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's definitely. I think that's. I felt it more being a pharmacist rather than in the media as much. I don't know if mm, social media, I wouldn't say as much, uh, do I feel it as much as being in the pharmacy setting? Only because I think people assume just because we're women, like that's what we're, you know, like social media, you know, they think that just getting naked and, you know, they have this like image of women that they would just want to get naked. Or we just want to show off or mm -hmm. we just want to take pictures and stuff like that. Whereas with pharmacy, it was more like they don't want to give women that image of like being smart 
being, you know, work driven and stuff like that, ambitious. So I don't feel it as much being in the media, I must say. Mm, that's really interesting because mm. I would I would have thought that um, you know when we when we went out to our um, to our listeners and people on socials and you know we asked about trolling and we you know we said you know do we trolling yeah I, I mean yeah <laughs> you get, yeah so in terms of trolling would you is that something that you've experienced a lot of oh my god I was the most trolled person I sorry I didn't know you were talking about trolling I thought you meant in terms okay. of like gender inequality on social media do I feel like I'm inferior to a male um I actually I, I was don't... you were right I think Natasha was just like took us moved us straight oh, sorry. on to trolling <laughs> that's all right yeah it gave me the wink so I thought you know I can I can go on about trolling because I in my year 2019 coming out of Love Island I was probably one of the most trolled women coming out of that show so I have a lot of experience in trolling and it's horrible I must say it's like it's horrible it's bullying I mean I was bullied in school but it it, you really feel especially being you know like having a high following and it's constant waking up to it Mm. throughout the day at night it's not just like maybe one message even one message a day it's horrible but like getting it constantly is worse and I mean, eighty-eight percent of people that responded to us said that definitely, you know, women are trolled a lot more than men. But I mean, how do you, how do you even begin to kind of deal with that? Do you think? At first, it's really hard. It really takes its toll on you. I went through periods where it really affected my mental health. I didn't want to get out of the house. You know, I didn't want to get out of bed. Like. Constantly, you know, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and judging myself. I was getting a lot of, I think, compared to a lot of the women that go on to Love Island, I would say I was more on the curvier side. So I was getting a lot of, like, fat comments, like, you're fat, or I'm not, like, you know how they always have on these TV shows, you know, the ideal petite girl, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not petite, I'm five foot nine, I'm curvy. And I was getting a lot of, like, you giant, you're fat. And I was even getting, like, weird messages like go back to your country you terrorists and stuff like that really? it was really weird um obviously the the looks thing is one thing and then the personality that probably affected me a lot more than looks because you know I am the way I am but my personality because it was up on you know on the tv show and everyone could judge it you know people would say you know you're you're a horrible person and stuff like that that affected me because I just know that I'm not, but obviously it's an edited TV show, so people have take what they want. But yeah, it was it did take its toll on me. But slowly, you know, you learn to deal with these things with the right support system, which I was lucky I had. Um, it just got easier, and of course the trolling died. I mean, I definitely still get trolled, but it was nowhere near like it mm. was the first, you know, six months to a year coming out of the show. So there's a so. few different types or, or ways of responding to the trolls um and you can rise above it you can troll back you can block or delete them what what was your preferred method or did you try a bit of everything uh, yeah i was gonna <laughs> say i've tried a bit of everything because uh, you know you you go through so many different emotions sometimes you're like so angry you want to message back and be like why are you even doing this you know why are you even saying this or will you try and justify some of your actions that you did on a on a tv show or like you know you i have gone through times of responding and then i realized that it actually doesn't get me anywhere it doesn't make me feel better it doesn't i don't some that person that's trolling me doesn't suddenly have a realization that they're like what am i doing mm. it, it's actually pointless it's just taking draining me of my energy 
And so like I'd say the best things to do to anybody that's listening to this podcast right now that wants to like, you know, um, gets trolled. The best thing I did is firstly going to my settings and like, you know, block certain loads of words that were, mm-hmm. you know, sensitive to me, like fat or, you yeah. know, all those yeah. things. Block them all and just ignore them and just try and understand why they these people are doing that because there is the reason why they're doing that they're not happy are they <laughs> you know it's really understanding viewpoint if you uh, uh, you know it's very balanced it really you're is. a lot more balanced than i would be i mm. think and i think i'd probably because, i mean come on you know yeah. if you guys or me if you do if we didn't like something on someone or did something that someone did we wouldn't go and be like you swear swearing 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 do you know what i mean we wouldn't do that yeah that's not what people that are happy with their own life do but also it's maybe not what like people do in like life mm. generally i mean can yeah. you imagine walking up to you in the yeah. street and saying yeah. you this 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 and this yeah. i mean i think people really do have this like they think it's like a protection yeah. when they're behind the screen don't they and it's i mean they're cowards, yeah. really if you think about it because like you said, that it's not something that happens in real life, but because they think they can't be seen or no, no, these people won't answer them back face to face, they just go with it and they don't mm. care about hurting people's feelings. It's just, it's not nice. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know, enormous. the sad, sad things, I think it's been on the news recently with that girl, you know, it really affects them um, re- in a really bad, bad way. It's like some people are stronger than others. And yeah, I think there needs to, they, people like i think the government needs to crack down on it a lot more yeah i think i think social media social media has exploded so much that that policy and and the legal framework just hasn't kept up at all Mm. you know yeah we've got people who are who can remain anonymous and Mm -hmm. um and i'm just going to talk about a little bit of research actually because i'd like to get your thoughts on it so there has been some research out that says that certain groups of society are particularly affected by this online trolling and, and you know, it's cyberbullying really, isn't it? And, and they do include um, women, people from ethnic minorities, religious groups, people with disabilities and the LGBT community. But uh-huh. actually those findings suggest that it's younger people and women in particular out of all of those groups who receive the most online harassment and and you're in that bucket you're you you know you're you're a young young woman and as you say at a very young age you come out of love island and you receive the worst trolling that you know you ever had i mean you've you've talked about the types of types of um uh like coping mechanisms you had but you know you were young then how how did you cope at that point I think honestly, if it wasn't for my sister, I don't know what I would do because she was just buying my really close and she was by my side throughout it all, wiping my tears, talking to me. And that really helped me, my sister and my family. Um, so I would say if someone has family or someone really close to them, if they don't speak to someone, mm. honestly, speaking to someone helps a lot. It helped me a lot. But you know what you're saying, that statistic, I actually do agree. I know earlier I was saying like social media, I, I don't feel like there's an inequality, but if, when it comes to bullying and trolling, I definitely do agree with you that women get bullied online more because women in general get judged on their looks more. We have to look a certain way, you know, we have to be like, it's constantly, we've got that pressure on us that we need to look mm. a certain way on social media. So I think from what I've seen, and I think TikTok is the worst <laughs> like it's actually crazy i've seen the comments on the girls first videos on tiktok and it's like horrible they're constantly getting judged on their looks yeah. non-stop 
you know we had a, a guest on here um on one of our episodes recently and he is a person who um deals with businesses so he's a very business to business he's not really um sort of in the public eye he went on someone's podcast about something that happened in his life and they put a 60 second clip onto tiktok and mm-hmm. he said he has never received such vile abuse. There was like hundreds of thousands of comments immediately. Yeah. And it sort of shook him. It really did. And I think, you know, we all think, we all talk about TikTok and different, you know, social media platforms and things. But when you experience that, I think that is earth shattering. It definitely is. It's a whole nother world. <laughs> you don't ever, you never think that you'd experience. Honestly, it's it's horrible when you've got so many people saying something about you you believe it's true like I was like am I actually fat oh. am I? you know what I mean and I never used to think like that mm-hmm. um so it is hard to try and think that you know what even if a hundred thousand people think this like I don't think that yeah you, you know you yourself really yeah you have to be strong where do we think that this is coming from that you know women have to look a certain way like what's driving this like women have to look a certain way we have to behave a certain way you can't be two things you know you can't be smart and and sexy you can only be smart and look one way and sexy means another like where is what's driving this where's it coming from do you think I think it stems from like history and like way back you know when I think women we've always had this pressure that we have to become you know the perfect wife one day or you know it's it's that you know you, you everything that women do is for the pleasure of a man that's how it was before you know look a certain way to be able to bag a good husband mm. or you know what I mean like yeah. I think that's all where it stems from and then it's just kind of like been built in us over the over all these years I just think I think that's what it is I'm not sure I'm not sure what you guys think I know what oh I was just going to say, I I agree with that. And, you know, I remember being a teenager a while ago. And, you know, I remember, like, you know, people saying to me, you can't go out like that because people look at you and assume a certain thing. You know, if you wear a short skirt that's a little bit shorter or whatever. And Mm. actually, like that's probably that was built into me back Mm. then. But actually, that's not that long ago that we were having those conversations. And yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing. Yeah. Mm. And. I'm also thinking about, you know, Annie, you were talking about that it's it's men, that this is a system that has been built by men about how women look and how what, what the purpose of women is. But going back to your trolling and going back to your experience, you know, do you, were you trolled by, or could you not tell, like, was it a, a gender split? Was it mainly men trolling you? Was there loads of support from the female community or actually, you know, were they doing it as well? I think that's a sad thing is that I don't think that enough women are supporting each other and having each other's mm. back. That's mm. what's sad. I think sometimes some women think if a one woman is brought down, it makes them higher. And it shouldn't be like that. We're not in competition with each other. We should be looking after each other, looking out for each other. Um, so I definitely think that it's it's both men and women and that women don't have each other's back enough. How can um, we do that? How can well, we have each other's back? raising awareness more and more and more keep talking about it get more young girls listening to podcasts like this (laughs) and understanding it i don't know i think that's probably what we need to do yeah giving them a voice 
Yeah, small, yeah. small steps and consistency, I think, you know, even down to, I think it happened, I can't remember which prime minister or was it Obama? It was Obama, wasn't it? Where his staff, he had a number of women in his um, in his team and the women didn't feel that they had a voice at, his ta- at the table. So all the women around the table, every time one of them spoke, would like reiterate what that woman said and then say that was a great point and their name. But that uplifting piece and like reaffirming to make it like almost like make your point clearer and yeah. more known yeah yeah I agree I mean it's it's a constant battle I mean I've experienced this a lot especially being Middle East I know I've said this before but being Middle Eastern is I think I, there's a lot more a, like way more pressure on women to to not be able to engage as much as much sexual activities as men or if anything you know you're meant to supposed to stay a bit virgin or not dress certain way or um so I, I mean for my parents you know coming to this country it's been like they've been learning so much and I'd say they've changed so much over the last 30 years and they're way more open-minded now than they were 30 years ago so if they can change um I think that everyone can if you really just try and open your mind to it you know so did Mm -hmm. did you receive much pressure then growing up culturally from oh definitely like the first I'd say 20 years um, up until I was like about 20 I remember my mom saying you know you can't you shouldn't have sex um with men like you know if you do then you're not going to be able to find a husband and stuff like that I remember being thinking what the hell's all this and then like slowly she's come to terms with you know what this is normal like why should a man be able to go and experience all that and a woman shouldn't because she has to find a perfect husband um I remember when I first started posting on Instagram even up until Love Island. Oh, when I was in Love Island, it was like a big thing. She was running around the house screaming, apparently, while I was on TV. Because she was like, <laughs> oh, my God, what is she doing? She's kissing men on TV. She's not going to find a husband. It's oh, always man. all like, she's not going to find a husband. It's like, oh, my world is not going to go around finding a husband. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Um, so, did you I, tell I, her I when you went in? Lot. Did you tell her before... Uh, you went in then or was it yeah, as but she as didn't know really what it was <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I was like look mum I did my farm's thing and this is the, this is another side to me you know I've got two sides to me and you can have two sides to you you can have the like the you, the studying educational side and you can have the fun you want to experience life and you want to date you want to you know experience you can you can have both so yeah. you must have been brave to do that with, with that oh. upbringing and you're going against you know the wishes of your parents mm-hmm. i think that's why i've noticed if you actually watch love island you don't see many middle easterns i think i was actually the one i think i was the first middle eastern um woman on there because then their family and the culture just won't allow them to mm. um i remember when i was on there i was like to the producers can you just make sure my mom's okay is she like she's still okay she's she's not alive she's still alive because we've had a heart attack or anything has she i had to keep asking them because i was that worried but i just like i was like i have to take this step um i want to do it do you know how many messages i got from middle eastern women after coming out there saying oh we love that that you've done that you know it makes us feel like more confident to be able to do more things you know that's amazing that that's that that must sort of make up a little bit for the trolling then because oh definitely there's so much stuff that makes up for the trolling the fact that everything that i get trolled on i get the positives from it as well so if people say that i'm fat i also get so many messages from from women that like you know what seeing a more curvy girl on there made me feel better and so it makes it worth it doesn't it 
So you you keep talking about fat that that's that that seems to be the, the one that's stuck in your mind about the trolls. That that's really interesting. Mm, that was one of the I think one of the most one of the most messages that I got was appearance wise was that. Ugh. Yeah. But not that you're <laughs> Sorry. a pharmacist and you've got loads of brains and you know, just. <laughs> yeah, that, that. I know. I know. It's crazy. I, I'm going to let you think about that for a moment because it's clearly going around yeah. your brain. You're you're having a little think. Um, I want to go back to what we ta- what you started talking about at the beginning, and that was around kind of what's happening in Iran and Iranian women. Um, yeah, just to kind of get your insights and what your what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this has been taking over my life like oh, since it started, and it's constantly going through my head. Um, quickly, if I don't know if everyone doesn't know, but since the last I think it's about over just over 40 years there was a revolution and since then they've con- you know the government of Iran has controlled women to the point where you know they can't show their their hair they have to wear hijab um they don't have the same rights nowhere near the same rights as men you can you know even if they study they can never be a, like a judge if they have kids they don't have the same rights towards their kids than the man does can you guys still hear me? Yeah, yeah we're just we're, we're um we're we're listening intently. Yeah, so there's so many things, and I remember personally when I did go to Iran, I nearly could. I, I mean, if anyone doesn't know, last week a girl called Masa Amini got killed in yeah. Iran because a bit of her hair was out of her hijab, and she was 22 years old. They beat her so much um, while in police custody, and that's what basically started all this. And what's scary is that when I was in Iran about five six years ago. I remember the same police, the morality, um, morality police were dragging me into their van um, oh my because gosh. my jeans were too tight. So I could have easily been a mass Amini. And so many girls in Iran are mass Amini. We don't hear about them. They don't get the same coverage. And it ha- it's just really scary. And I'm just hoping that really, like, we do get to have a revolution. This is nothing to do with religion or islam i think what it is the problem is is that the government are using religion as an excuse to do all these horrific things and i just think it's a time to change um and we just need the support of the world and women around the world because i just think like it it could it if it could be anyone mm. do you know what i mean just because it's in iran you think oh it's another country which is not, not going to affect us but we us women need to support each other no matter where in the world yeah, it goes back to exactly what you said earlier, isn't it? You know, we need to, as as a sort of agenda, to step up and support our sisters um, yeah, wherever definitely. we might be in the world. Yeah. It's How so sad that the, what it is is that the, the police are just going into the crowds of protesters and just shooting out into the crowd and mm. killing killing people. So it's like, you know, they're scared at the same time because you're risking your life by speaking out, but you want to fight for freedom for for women, men and women, but, you know... So obviously, it started from the death of Massa Amini. Mm. It's really sad. You are. I've cried so much. <laughs> yeah, you can. We can see. Um, we can see that you're obviously really, really moved by it, and you know, seeing the coverage and the conversation that's happening, it's incredibly worrying. You know, and I think, I mean, I, what what can we do? You know, if you think we're hundreds of thousands of miles away from Iran, what 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 could or should people be doing do you think to either support or maybe even learn more i think just the smallest thing by just even sharing the story on your instagram small things like that the more we spread the word the more people are more aware of it and i think i think we have a really bad society where we like we follow in everyone's 
footsteps it's in terms of like if you see loads of celebrities post something then you're like oh okay it's okay if i agree with them or i post them but that's the sad truth mm. so i think the more people post it the more other people are going to think yeah okay they look into it or post it as well and the more we spread the word that i think that's what's going to change obviously we can't go and do what go to iran or do anything about it but i think as long as the people in iran know that they've got the support of the world then they're gonna more you know they're gonna fight for their freedom more yeah we've got to get the media more involved as well um, i mean exactly yeah i don't think the british media aren't like covering it as like much as they should i mean the american media is but the mm. british media i don't know for some reason why they're not but um it's 2022 and yeah. a, a young girl is getting killed because her hair is out that's ridiculous you know um, and i think it goes back to and i i mean i'm not terribly well versed in it but something that i was reading was that actually it's not you know like you said it's it's not about taking it back to religion but it's actually about choice it's about the choice to be able to have your hair covered or not have your hair covered i mean that's one part of it you know and and i think that's the the bit to focus on is that people don't want to like be controlled it and, couldn't and, be and further be, away yeah. from religion. It's got nothing to do with it because religion doesn't say you have to force someone yeah. to wear hijab. And religion doesn't say you should kill someone if they show that. Religion is actually a peaceful thing. It's not It's not violent. So it's nothing to do with religion. It's just about being free to wear hijab if you want to wear hijab and not wear hijab if you don't want to wear hijab. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's about having human rights and women having the same rights as men. That's what it's about. And I guess that goes back to what we've, you know, the very thing that we've been talking about that actually if we're in a world where any woman has these, um, I don't know what word to use, restrictions maybe is the right word to use, any mm-hmm. restrictions on their life, actually whilst those kind of things still exist, you know, that's keeping and holding back all women because until we kind of get to a point where we remove some of that or the majority of that, actually we're all held back. And when we walk into a room, we're not seen as an equal or actually when I walk into a pharmacy and I see you stood there, um, the automatic thought potentially is that you couldn't possibly be a be the pharmacist, you know? Exactly. It's a, it's a work in progress. <laughs> we need to keep at it and do not give up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's difficult because we, as DNI professionals, we often talk about gender. We often talk about these types of things, and but there, it feels like you just—it's just pushing water up a hill. It's like really, really hard. But it's so important to carry on because mm-hmm. it impacts everything. Um, and I think, yeah, we might think we're just doing something small in a little podcast room somewhere, but hopefully that will make a difference. And all the little things that you know people do, they'll create a big thing and a big movement. Hopefully. I couldn't agree with you more. Like I said, it's like little things, just like this, you know, younger women that might listen to this podcast and think, okay, yeah, it's just small things that do end up making a difference. Drop the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So we, um, I don't know what we said at the beginning, but we have um, a saying. So we say inclusion is very much an action. It's a doing thing. It's a doing word, being inclusive or, yeah, being inclusive. Um, We are keen to hear from you. What is your top tip or maybe inclusive action that you'd want to share with people that listen? What... what so what do I do to make sure everyone's inclusive? Uh, no, what's your kind of top tip for people to be more inclusive? I'd say just don't judge anybody on the way they look or their gender or their job or anything. Judge someone for their soul and their personality. Do you know what I mean? Don't don't look at their 
exterior or yeah. that's what I'd say. <laughs> that's a lovely one as well. That's a great one. That's a great one. Right. Thank you so much, Anna, for talking with Thank us. You. It's been really enjoyable and insightful. Thank you guys for having me. I've, I've enjoyed our chat. <laughs> good. We've we've really enjoyed having you too. And um, it's good to kind of learn more about you as a, as a person because like, like everyone, we've, well, I've seen you. I'm, I'm not sure, Dr. Julie, have you watched Love Island? Oh, I have watched Love Island. Thank oh, you right. very much. Okay, just check it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's always good to, you know, it's good to put um, the personality and, and the real life person. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. thank you guys. Honestly, yeah. thank you for having me. No, it's been brilliant. I'm not massively like sure that I should be celebrating you going against your mother's wishes because if my daughter was doing that, I'd just think yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I applaud for where you are now. I mean, you're doing a fantastic oh. job. You've got a voice and you're using it as a female. Thank and I think that's awesome. Thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. That is really interesting and it goes to show that um you know you don't judge people when they're on love island yeah i think just don't judge a book by a cover full stop mm. isn't it and i'm I, I feel like i really want to explore more about this like why women can only be one thing mm. yeah like I'm, you can be smart or you can be sexy yeah why can you not be both and it's been going on for such a long time that has hasn't it mm. uh, my my takeaway point from that was when we were talking about the trolling that Anna was really talking about the the world word fat mm. a lot and I thought out of all that trolling that's what she picked up mm. and that's still you know women are still concerned and worried about their body shape and we think at the moment no every, you know we're celebrating everybody you know mm. but it's it, that's just that's a facade people are still worried women are still worried about their body image yeah and it goes it goes back doesn't it like Anna was saying that women have always been measured by those things like whether we're going to make a good wife for our body because of our body type and Mm. like husband will find us more attractive because of the way we look how do we get rid of it what what can we do because whilst we've still got people who go online and are anonymous with their profile and name and stuff, how do we how do we combat that? Is it the role of the platforms? Is yeah, it that, is that their job? Yeah, hundred percent. There has got to be there is there's got to be people taking responsibility for what is on their platforms. There've got to be um, sort of sanctions for breaking whatever rules they're going to put on. Yeah, and those sanctions have got to be carried through. You know, we can't have people being anonymously bullied um, to to taking their own lives. It, you know, it is that extreme. Um, yeah. And I think, I think we've got to take our head out of the sand. This isn't going away. You know, we're in a different world than we were sort of ten, twenty, thirty years ago. Mm. We've got to have laws, regulations, and uh, organisations have got to bring things up to date into this new world. And that's why the work of people like Dr. Rebecca Whittington, who's an online safety editor um, at Reach, the work that she does is so important, you know, to be out there talking about this with the companies, with Twitters and Facebooks, etc., mm. to talk about online safety. Um, and incredibly, her role was the first across all of the, 
digital, all the media, um, first of it as an online safety editor. Now, how can that be? You know, that's that we know all of this cyberbullying, this online harassment is is happening, um, but we we're slow to react as as a country. Mm. And. You know, in light of the, you know, we've we've had some big moments in time over the last few years, um, you know, and, and as a result, we've seen the hashtag be kind trending. And <laughs> oh, we should have talked about that with Anna. That's a shame. But that's another time. No, and that's the that's most a whole other podcast. Ridiculous podcast? podcast. That's the most ridiculous hashtag. And like it start, I loved the start of it. Mm. And it actually, it was just like mean horrible people hashtagging be kind and doing horrible things to people yeah <laughs> just backfired and i also i also wonder it's almost like and again we're going to go into a whole other podcast here but the people that were tweeting the hashtag be kind from a almost like genuine place actually has their behavior been mm. reflective of that support since mm. and you know if there's one thing for people to take away and think about is that actually have you done or been hashtag be kind since um you know what's your inclusive action your own how what's your inclusive 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 behavior been like since then cool a great podcast i feel very energized awesome good energy that was yeah till next time you can find us on twitter our handles are in the show notes below and if you've liked what you've heard please rate us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to get new episodes automatically thanks for listening